We're looking at Proverbs today, chapter 31. I'm sure you're familiar with this passage. And all you wonderful mothers here will honor you here in a few moments. But I know that all of you have had headaches from children. And you always read the instructions, and I hope you followed them. It said, take two aspirin and keep away from children. So, And we all do. I, I tell you what, um, the hardest thing to do is to rear children. Wow, what a challenge it is. And uh, I'm thankful for my wife and what a good mom she was. I mean, we have five kids, and it was stressful the whole time. But as you get older, you just start reaping the blessings of children and grandchildren. And I'm so blessed, and I thank God for them. Proverbs chapter 31. Most of Proverbs was written by Solomon. The word Proverbs, as you know, means wise sayings. So much wisdom in Proverbs. We know that the first nine verses of our text were written by someone named Lemuel, which means belonging to God. Most scholars do not attribute the next 22 verses to him. They probably attribute most attribute those to Solomon, but some say it could have been Lemuel who continued to write. But the style of writing completely changes when you get to verse 10. In fact, we call this acrostic, and that's a big word. But if you ever go to Psalms 119, you realize the first eight verses of Psalm 119 begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, every line. Aleph. The next eight verses in Psalm 119, Baith, and that goes on for 22 eight-verse sections, 172 verses in acrostic order. And that's what we find in Proverbs 31. Verse 10 begins with the letter Aleph in the Hebrew. You don't see it in English. When we translate, we have to move words around and add words, call italics, to make it read smoothly. And so you don't see that in your English Bible. But these 22 verses are written in acrostic form, different than Lemuel's writing. And most say Solomon, but it could be Lemuel. It could be another person. We're not sure. We do know it's inspired by God, and God's preserved it for us. What a wonderful thing that is. But if this is Solomon writing, it's interesting because he's writing about his mother. And who was she? Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And we know that relationship didn't start out well. It was, a, it was adultery and, and wrong. And, of course, it broke David. He lost his first child, came back to God. But what a, what a wonderful passage here as we read about what the Bible calls a virtuous woman. Uriah was the wife of a Hittite, and you know that story. Let's read a few verses. Chapter 31, verse 10. If you stand with me, we're used to doing that here. 10 through 12, and then we're going to read verse 30. It says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 30, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And we will praise our ladies in a few moments. Let's pray. God bless us as we take a look in the book for a walk in the world. And God, I want you to control this hour. Everything I say, we thank you for everything that's been done so far. And we do it all because you and your son Jesus are worthy of all the praise. 
And as we lift Jesus up, we lift you up, God, and we thank you for your son. Bless us, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Another interesting thing in this text is the English word virtue. Because you look it up in Noah Webster's dictionary, going way back to Noah Webster's, I believe, or the 1928 dictionary, it describes this word virtue. And it includes several things. We think of virtue as a woman who's morally pure. And it could include that, no doubt would include that. But actually, the Hebrew word is interesting here. We're going to study that as well today. And the context of this really clears up what the word virtue means. We'll look at that. Of course, we have words in the English Bible over the years that have different meanings. We are told in James that if someone comes in your presence with gay clothing... Don't treat them better than you treat everyone else. And, of course, we know that term has changed. Gay clothing back then would mean rich, fancy clothing. Today it means something different. And so words change over time, but we want to examine the meaning of this word in the Hebrew language. It's translated so many ways. It's really all about a work ethic, as we'll find in the text. But we find this same Hebrew word translated in Isaiah 59, power. It's translated strength in Psalms 18, several other passages. It's translated riches. It's translated wealth. It's translated substance. Same Hebrew word translated virtue here. It's translated valiant, mighty, uh, captain, company of soldiers, an entourage or a train is how it's translated. So many ways. We're going to look at two ways in Scripture how it's translated, and then we'll explain further. First Kings chapter 1, First Kings chapter 1 you'll turn there with me. I want you to see how it's translated here in chapter 1, verse 52. 1 Kings 1, 52. A young preacher would get a strong concordance and learn these things. And if you've been in ministry for a long time, you're doing really a lot of word studies and finding out the history of words, how they came into existence. And this is a great translation of the word here in 1 Kings 1, 52. It's translated here, worthy. And Solomon said, if he will show himself a worthy man, worthy, same Hebrew word translated virtue. And we're going to look over now to Exodus chapter 18, Exodus chapter 18, the second book of the Old Testament, Exodus, Exodus means a way out and, uh, it's a great book, Exodus 18, 21 and 25. We're going to find another way it's translated. And you can mark your Bibles and look this up later and study it later. Later, Exodus 18, 21. Here it says, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. Able. That's the word, same Hebrew word. It's the word able. Verse 25, again, it's translated able. And Moses chose able men. And so today we're going to take that word and kind of leap from there into an outline. And I have here five things in the outline that I want to share with you. Uh, a five-point outline we'll look at in a few moments. And the word able is found in all the words. She's valuable. You'll find the word able in there. She's dependable. She's capable. She's honorable. And finally, we'll, we'll, it's two words. She's applaudable. But that's two words. So what is a good helpmate? That's what the word wife means. What is a good help, helpmate? Well, she's an army to you. In fact, that word's translated over a hundred times army. And a good wife is like an army. She's riches, isn't she? She's worthy. She's strong. You know, all those things apply to a virtuous woman. 
And sometimes I, over life's uh, short time, I've met ladies who had a rough background or a rough past. And I shared this a few weeks ago, how that I had preached a message and a lady came forward and said, my life has been a mess. And she shared some of her immoral past with me. And, and I apply that situation to today because you can still be a virtuous woman because of the grace of God. I love that about God's grace. He forgets our mistakes. We get kind of condemning and judgmental and look down upon people sometimes because of their mistakes. And, and we think we're better than them and we're not. In fact, we're worse. We're like the Pharisees when we have that attitude. Because the grace of God is puts us all on level ground. Amen? When you come to Jesus, you're a child of God. And what your past, your past is your past, and it doesn't matter to God. In fact, he's forgotten. And so you can be virtuous. Your past is gone. I love that. My past is gone, and my past wasn't so great. Because God forgives. And so we, we as women today, women can be virtuous. Because of the grace of God. And I, I know we think of women today and we think of women we know who are morally pure, but not virtuous. I, I find here in verse 21 describes the brawling and contentious and argumentative woman. Do you know I preached a message about 30 years ago about the brawling, contentious, and argumentative woman. This is a true story. Years later, I went to a church and preached, a different church, and after church, a woman came up to me and scolded me. She said, 20 or 30 years ago, I preached and I directed a message right at her. I didn't, but that was, uh, the people with me laughed all the way home because they thought she just proved exactly what she was. But I do not remember targeting anyone in a message. But the brawling, contentious, argumentative woman is talked about in verse 21. And then we find the hateful, odious woman in chapter 30 is talked about. And so the, uh, the odious, the adulterous, the hateful woman, the word odious means uh, uh, hateful. And that woman's talked about as well. So we get to chapter 31 and we have this wonderful story about Bathsheba or whoever. Ezekiel tells us, as a mother is, so is her daughter. I have four sisters, and I see things in them uh, like I saw in my mother. And and my mother was a great, great godly woman. I had a virtuous mom, wonderful lady, and I'm thankful for the upbringing. And I've known virtuous women over the years that definitely fit this text. And my mom was a hard-working gal, and we'll, we'll, a gal, I call my mom a gal, but uh, she was a godly lady and a virtuous woman. So I've pointed out five things. Look at verse 10. We look at the first thing. She's valuable. Look at it says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Valuable. Your mom is valuable just because she brought you into the world, which is painful enough. But that doesn't measure up to the pain you caused her as she tried to rear you and bring you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I mean, my poor mother, I remember we would go to meetings after the school year and they'd talk about holding Danny back in school because he was ADD. They didn't know it then, but they said he doesn't pay attention. I just felt daydreaming was more fun. And and so I daydreamed all through school. And I remember getting in trouble. My mom uh, reminds me with a little note 
I came home one day and I said, and my mom said, what did your teacher say today? And I said, she said, Danny, sit down. (laughs) Danny, sit down. And so my mother learned quickly that I wasn't the best behaved. And I remember in Awanas when I was a young guy and, and we were in church and uh, my dad would come. He was a Sunday school superintendent and he'd walk through the, see the classes, make sure everything's going. And he'd see me sitting outside the class. And I tried to explain that that's because I was special. But my dad didn't buy that, you know. I was sitting outside the class. And when Mr. Pady heard I was a preacher, he almost dropped dead because I was a rascal. And so we understand what we put our mothers through. All the things we do and our mothers love us unconditionally. And that's the great things about mom. So her price is far above rubies. Notice verses 11, 12. She's dependable. The heart of her husband does faithfully trust in her so that he have no need of, of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I love that. My dad praised my mother because she treated him like a king. And my dad wasn't a king, I'll tell you that. But my mother respected him and treated him like that. And I have so many good memories of her. Her husband trusts her. She does him good all the time. And so she's not only valuable, she's dependable. And then we find she's capable. As we look at these verses, verses 13 through verse 22, you see that there's, Proverbs, by the way, has 27 references to laziness, but not this lady, not this lady. As you read, she gets up early and goes to bed late. That's all in the text here. She shops for groceries. She sews. She works at the market. In other words, she works outside the home selling things. She cooks. She invests in lands and gardens. She pays bills. She gives to the poor. And she looks her best. That's all all clearly laid out here. And so the context tells us what this Hebrew word means here. This is one hardworking lady. I'll tell you what, I like to go to work so I wouldn't have to stay home with my four sons when they were young. We were in a church one time and I was preaching. They were uh, 6'4", and new, you know. And, uh, and I remember afterwards, we went to a restaurant with a pastor. And I mean, my kids were doing their norm, you know, running around, spilling things, making noise. And the pastor, uh, they supported me. I mean, he treated me good, but he went, ooh. His kids were gone, gone, and he had forgotten how it was. I remember when we were in a, in a restaurant one time. Um, my son Jeremy. It was a beautiful restaurant in Panama where all the you know up and comers went and, and ate. And we went and ate. We weren't up and coming. We were down and out probably. But I remember my my boy Jeremy was two. And they had these beautiful gardens, and Jeremy disappeared. We're eating our meal, and we where is Jeremy? And I got up to look, and oh, I was so embarrassed. Jeremy decided to go number two in the garden of the restaurant with all the tables around looking at him. (laughs) And as a dad, you kind of want to say, it's her son. I don't know this lady, but you, you, you know, you can't do that. And I'll never forget another time uh, Zach was with me. These are similar stories. Zach's the one who looks like Mary the Blonde, skinny, blue-eyed. And uh, 
We were in Panama, and we had a cleaning lady, and you could have a full-time maid for $80 a week. I mean, they cleaned your house, washed your kids, helped with so many things. And we had a, a wonderful lady, but she was kind of poor. She was Jamaican. And uh, uh, I was driving her back home, and Zach said, i got to go potty. And I said, well, we'll pull in the woods, and you can... No, Dad, i, I got to go potty, meaning, you know, he's like three. And we arrived. She said, he can, he can go in my house. And I said, well, okay. So Zach goes up with him, and I'm down, and it's hot, and I don't want to keep running the car. It's 90. Where in the world is that? Finally, I go up there. I go up the stairs, and I go into her house, which the door is just a curtain, and I pull back the curtain, and there's Zach. The room is, is, it has uh, Jamaican people all the way around sitting against the wall, and Zach's in the middle of the floor sitting on a coffee can. And when I walked in, he was like, oh, Daddy, am I glad to see you. <laughs> Miraculously, he could hold it until he got home. Uh, but, yeah, rearing kids. I mean, why do men like to go to work? Because it's a challenge to rear kids, and we appreciate mothers who take care of them and love them unconditionally. I'm always shocked to watch a news report and they interview a lady, and her son's been accused of murder. Not my son, not my baby. How mothers love us and look beyond our faults. My mom looked beyond all my, my bad ways and saw potential in me. She used to pray that she'd have one of her kids be a missionary, or one be a preacher. My sister's a missionary in Russia, and God called me to preach as a mission work as well. But they seem to look at us and see the potential in us, don't they? Moms do. Where the teacher knows what we're like, the neighbor knows what we're like. One time my neighbor brought me home and said to my mother, uh, he's welcome to come in the house, but he was in my fridge, and I asked him what he's doing. He said, I'm getting an apple. So, you know, we embarrass them. We do things that put them on the spot, but they keep loving us, and I love that. And, and so here, here's Solomon writing about Bathsheba. And all these references to hard work. We'll read just a couple because I, I referenced them, but it says, look, it says, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Verse 14, she is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises up also while it's night and giveth meat to her household. And goes on and on. She considers the field and buyeth. Verse 16, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives the merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. I mean, it just the whole thing is about how hard of a worker she is. You know, you think about the work involved in rearing kids. And I think every man looks forward to going to work. Once in a while, I meet a, guy, a dad who's a stay-at-home dad, and mom goes to work, and you're just around in five minutes, and in five minutes' time, you find out he would rather be working somewhere because it's really challenging to take care of a bunch of kids. But the reward is literally out of this world. When I leave this world, the assets I leave behind are going to be meaningless, just things and money. But what I leave behind in my boys matters. You know, and you know, they make mistakes and they're not perfect. My daughter's well, but I leave them behind and they're going to carry on my name. So it really does matter the time we pour into kids. It's more important than any asset you have. So she's certainly capable and that's the context. Clearly the word virtue is clearly spelled out here. 
Then in verse 23, she's honorable. Look, it says her husband is known in the gates. What that means, if you don't understand about the leadership of the cities back then, they met in the city's gates. Remember, Lot was a leader in the gates. When Boaz redeemed Ruth, he went to the gates to find the elders of the city to make decisions. Her husband is known in the gates because of her. Verse 25, she's clothed in honor. Not seduction, honor. And this is not talking about her outward clothing anyway. It's talking about her inward beauty. She's clothed in honor. But we would say today a virtuous woman's not going to dress to entice other men. That's a sinful way to dress. You know that. We're supposed to cover. Ladies know that. They understand that. But the text here is really about being clothed inwardly. She's clothed in honor in verse 25. Verse 26, her words are wise and honoring. Look at verse 26. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of what? Kindness. That's a really rich Hebrew word you've heard before, and every time I find it in a text, I have to mention it. It's like agape love of the New Testament. It's that word chesed, which is a love that won't let go, translated loving kindness throughout your Bible. And this is mom. She's known for her unconditional love, her kindness to everyone that comes in her path. We read where she gives to the poor. And so she's, she's an honorable person. And, and also we mentioned that she's applaudable. We'll look at that in a moment. But Verse 27, let's read that verse. It says, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. This is a hard-working mom. I never knew my mom to take off and leave the house and say to a friend or a neighbor, Watch my kids. She wouldn't do that. Now, I'm not saying there's not times when that doesn't happen. But my mom believed her responsibility was to take care of the kids she brought into the world. And I know rearing me was easy, but the other six siblings I had, that was challenging. Now, I'm joking, but my mom had seven kids. I was the middle child, which meant I was extra special. Uh, But my mom reared seven kids. And I'll tell you, I I don't know how she did it because it's just so difficult. I can remember all nine of us around the table. And I remember the time we had a pork chop, one pork chop left, and my dad said, all right. On three, we all go in. I may have told you the story. Some of you are already laughing. On three, everybody go in for the pork chop. And so he said, one, two, three, and everyone's hands went in, and I went in with a fork. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) And my older brother Bob had four holes all bleeding. He got the pork chop. I got his hand. Uh, It's, uh, you know, the things I could tell you about being reared in that home. My mom's way of disciplining me was to make me sit in a chair. That seemed like eternity, and she'd have this little timer. All right, two more minutes. Oh, it just killed me to sit in a chair. You know, and of course, she spanked as well, and Dad took care of business when he got home. But motherhood is as as high a calling as there is. Did you know that? It's as high of calling as any pastor it is. In fact, a mother who gets up with a sick child at 2 a.m. is just as important as a preacher praying at 2 a.m. Amen? I mean, it's the highest calling. It's a wonderful thing to be a mother. And she's also applaudable, verses 28 to 31. It says here, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. He praises her. I'm going to ask all our mothers to stand. 
Stand if you're a mother today. Stand and remain standing until I uh, say uh, we're all going to applaud her. I'll applaud our mothers. Thank you. Let's give them a big ovation. And keep clapping and keep honoring her because it says her children call her blessed. Her husband praises her. And verse 31 says that her works even praise her. And so we have a little parting gift when you leave today. But thank you, mothers, because you're the difference makers in the lives of everyone here. Thank you. You may be seated. And I love this verse, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Good looks are deceiving, and outward beauty is empty. But a woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. And we praise our mothers today. I'm thankful for them. And Proverbs, of course, begins in chapter 1, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then here in this last chapter, verse 26, again, mentions wisdom. We already read it. It says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom. You know, wisdom is an awesome thing to have. It's not the same as an IQ. There are people in the world that can actually pass calculus with an A. I avoided taking the class because I knew I wouldn't pass it. You know, and we understand there are people with a lot, of, a lot of brilliant minds today. Think of Stephen Hawking. What a brilliant man. You know, so intelligent. There are lots of people like that today. That doesn't mean anything if you don't have the wisdom of God. You know, the Lord in my life has led me to do some wonderful things and blessed me along the way by just listening to him. And the wisdom I have in here is from him. And if you have God's wisdom, you can be a good mother. Even if you hadn't read a book, just listen to the Lord as he guides you in life. And if you're here today and, and, and you're as dumb as dirt, you know, that's okay. With God, you can have wisdom. I mean, I don't think anyone's here is as dumb as dirt. But with God, you can be a wise person and lead a family, uh, and lead your children, and lead your grandchildren. You can be an influential person because of the direction and wisdom that God gives only to his own. The world doesn't have that kind of wisdom. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. They make one decision that's dumb after another. I mean, I listen to some of our world's leaders, and I'm thinking, how dumb do you have to be to say what that person just said? You know, no wisdom at all. Maybe they did got a GPA, a, a, a 4.0 from Harvard. Harvard used to be a seminary, by the way, in a good school. It's not anymore. I don't care about your piece of paper that says your IQ. I care about what kind of a person you are. And the wisdom of the women that have reared children and godly children in this world, I, I see that as so valuable. And smarts is only temporary. Having a big IQ is only a temporary thing. Because life ends. It's only a vapor. If you're here today without the Lord, you don't have that wisdom. If you're here today and you're a lady without the Lord, you, you ought to understand the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. Ladies, ask yourself, are you virtuous? I, I believe most of you are. Men, ask yourself, have you praised your wife enough? I found this this week. I thought this was neat. Somebody said that being a mother is just simply by instinct. Well, that's somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. 
Someone else said that a good mother never yells at her kids. That someone never saw her kid throw a baseball through a neighbor's window. Someone said mothers can find all the answers to a child rearing in a book. That somebody never had a child with a bean stuffed up in their nose. Somebody said a mother always adores her children. That's somebody never tried to comfort a colicky baby at three in the morning. I told people, I've never thought of abandoning my kids, but I had thought many times of killing them. You know, I mean, it's challenging. It was challenging for my mother and for my grandmother, but and it's challenging. But it's, it, 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 you, you, still, you still have to realize that one day there'll be something. Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery. That someone never saw her five-year-old get on a bus for kindergarten. Somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't have to say anything. That somebody's not a mother. Remember today to call mom and say, Mom, I want to just say to you, I love you, and I thank you for the influence you had in my life. Do that today. If you forget your mother today, shame on you. Shame on you. Mothers are so valuable I'm so thankful for our ladies. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for all you've done for us and especially for the fact that we had godly mothers. And maybe there's some here, Lord, you know the hearts, and I speak to our people in prayer today that didn't have a good mother or or didn't understand or even know their real mom. Lord, they can still be a virtuous woman themselves. And if they're hurting inside because they didn't have a good relationship with mom today, help them to realize that you are an awesome God and you love them. You want to save them and make them the mother they ought to be. Oh, God, we're so blessed to have Christian mothers or to be a Christian mother. We thank you, God, for that. We pray if there's anyone here who's not saved today, that they'll come and trust Jesus today. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.